Can the church say praise the Lord? Well, can the church say praise the Lord? Amen, amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, and we appreciate everybody that has come uh, this morning. And uh, I guess uh, with all the sickness and all that's going on in our world today, that uh, it, it is, uh, we're not immune from sickness, and uh, sickness hits, and we got several out due to sickness, and uh, I, I don't know, Sister uh, Joy and Brother Jerry, they aren't here this morning, so uh, I know it has to be sickness, because I, I give them, maybe they forgot Wednesday, and uh, so they're not here this morning, so they're probably sick, and we need to put them on a prayer list and uh, find out uh, what's going on with them. And also, uh, those that you don't see, empty pews, empty places, uh, people have called in and said they need uh, prayer. We've got a special prayer uh, that we want to pray for a family in the community. We just want to pray, and I can't go into details, but I do want to say we want to pray for them. Uh, even unspoken requests are important. And uh, so let's never think that, well, uh, I got to know everybody's business. Sometimes people don't want you to know their business. And uh, so there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that at all. And uh, so we want to remember uh, some special requests that the Lord, uh, I know he can take care of. Uh, we're having a full service today, Sunday School Church, and then 2 o'clock at Pikeville, coming back at 9 o'clock tonight. And uh, we're going to kind of play it out and see how everything works. The weather is supposed to change and maybe get a little snow flurry, dusting. Uh, but you know how it is, Big Creek Mountain, and you know how it is with uh, the cut through. Uh, if there's any snowflakes at all, it sticks. And so we'll just play it by ear and see how that goes and let you know more by the end of the service and see how things are going. Also, we want to make mention that uh, we are going to have our communion and foot washing service. And uh, we talked about doing a night service on that, but uh, we're going to go ahead and just have 11 o'clock communion and foot washing. That way, people that are here can stay here, and people that uh, don't want to participate are free to leave after Sunday school. So keep that in mind. We always do that the first Sunday in January. So we want to do that each year put that on our list and that way we don't change anything if you know me I am a stickler for wanting to put things set in stone like our homecoming service and harvest time and a few more uh, things we want to make sure that we are uh, keeping them the same because when you change things it confuses people and people don't know when you're having service if you're having service and all those things that's why I hate to even cancel a service due to weather or any other reason because somebody's going to show up and say well I showed up and and nobody was there uh, but we want to also remember our men's meeting. Our men's meeting is going to be January the 8th at 6 p.m. That'll be the second Monday due to a holiday. Uh, this Monday will be the first, so due to a holiday, we'll do it the second Monday uh, only 
in the month of January. And when I make these announcements, I hope everybody writes them down. I hope everybody makes notes. I hope everybody checks the, the website and makes sure nothing's changed because things change. Uh, just like I was supposed to preach in Charleston Friday night for Brother Chesser and a good pastor friend of mine that I preach every year in Tennessee passed away so I had to go that way instead of that way so sometimes things and plans and things change on the calendar so make sure you check the calendar out and uh, and also listen to announcements because sometimes it does uh, change and when it changes we want you to be in the know uh, not in the dark and also we want to remember our Easter play how do you spell love the sign-up sheet is on the back podium I think some people's already signed up, so if you haven't, make sure you do, because it's always good to have something at Easter uh, to commemorate the uh, crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to mention just a few of the announcements, uh, or the uh, prayer requests, I should say, uh, this morning, and we want you to be praying for these. Uh, Bryson Dotson, Nicole Clevenger, Larry Sinsell, Chloe Casey. Uh, Jody Dotson, Darlene Wagner, uh, Demi Wolford, Eileen or Eileen Berry, uh, Terry and Tina Griffey, Chris Justice and Kaylee Justice. And let's remember all of these that are sick on our list. If you have a prayer request you'd like to make known just by the raising of your hand, the Lord knows what that means and what that represents. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us, Lord, to gather together on this Sunday, the last Sunday of the year. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we have gathered, that we will worship you just as much as we did last year on the last service of the year. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, that we would look forward to 2024 with ambition and excitement, that we will look forward to seeing what you're going to do we will do greater things win more people to you and be able to help people in more in 2024 Lord I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that every lesson everything would go into our hearts and we would become greater Christians greater people living more holy than we ever have looking for your coming knowing that your coming is near and Lord we love you and we praise you and we give you the honor in Jesus Jesus mighty name amen amen let's give a hand clap to the Lord and you may be seated we are living in troublesome times our country really needs prayer we really need to take our leaders our country is being tested that that is something that I think all of us can understand uh, if you're young and you think that nothing that happens in Iran or Iraq or uh, over in, in uh, Afghanistan has anything to do with you, you are wrong. And uh, we are being tested, and when I say that, we're being tested as a country. Are we going to defend not only our country but our allies? And uh, I think it's important that we understand the Bible teaches us to pray for those in leadership. 
to pray for our country and the leaders. We need to pray for them every day. Coming up in January, we have, and on the back podium you will see in the pink sheets, uh, you will see uh, the AI 30 Days of Prayer Apostolic Influence. And, you know, we are built upon the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, as the Bible says. And so there are five weeks that we're going to be praying specifically for certain things. And I think that's going to be very important that we all are on the same page. And uh, you can pick one of those up on your way out. And we'll talk more about it uh, tonight. And uh, we'll talk more about it uh, through the first uh, Sunday that we're here on, on, uh, in the house of the Lord. So uh, keep that in mind. But our country needs our prayers. Our country needs you to pray and ask the Lord to guide the president, to guide others, and uh, our military, and all that's going on with Israel and Hamas. All of that is something that the Bible talks about. It's always been good versus evil. It's always been the world against the Lord's people. That's the way it was. That's the way it is. That's the way it will be. So always remember that the world is not your friend, even though they want to be and act like they are. They're out to destroy you. And that's why we got to live holy for a purpose. This is what our lesson is about this morning, about living holy. And um, I think as we look in Daniel, and I'm going to just read. You don't have to stand. I'm going to let you sit uh, through this morning's reading. Usually we stand in honor of the reading of the word, but I'm going to let you sit this morning. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, everybody say if not. If not. Doesn't matter. Somebody says, well, if God don't move for me, I'm quitting serving him. If God don't heal me, I, I'm done with church. I've seen people do that. That's a dangerous mindset because you're only in it for what you can get out of it. But I believe that we got to be like the three Hebrew boys and say, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We're not going to bow. If the Lord doesn't deliver me, I'm still going to serve him. If the Lord doesn't help me, I'm still going to say he's my help. If the Lord doesn't bring something my way and a blessing, I'm still going to say he's my blesser. Somebody give a praise unto the Lord. If you really believe the Lord is God, you see, we serve him not because of what we get. We serve him because of who he is. He is God. The end result is all I look to. You know, surgery is not a, a, um, a good thing. It's a good thing when you get a good result. I'm just saying going through a surgical procedure is something that none of us want to do, right? It's painful. It's, it, you've got time of recovery. You're going through all sorts of stuff. Your body's never the same. 
and all these things. I don't care how good they do on you, it's never the same because it's man working on what God created. So we understand that. But you know what? I want to always look and say, even if I have to go through something, surgical or whatever, I'm still going to believe the Lord is my healer. I'm still going to believe that He's able. I'm still going to say to a lost and dying world, the Lord is still your help. I would like to say there's a lot of people in our world who don't even know how to pray. Don't even know how to call on Jesus. I was uh, listening to someone and, and uh, here, here was the words. Uh, it was very, uh, very eye-opening and disturbing. How do you die? How do you die? And that was the question. Am I supposed to tell Jesus I love him and thank him for everything that he's done for me? How do I die? And I thought about how that we, the church, have buildings, but we must be the church, which means we have to win the loss. We have to witness to them. We have to tell them how to pray. We have to tell them how to live and how to come to church and be faithful to the Lord. And that is so important in our day because we're living in a day where people are losing that that even church is necessary, that even church is important. That's the world you live in. That's the world your kids grow up in. That's the world that your future kids or grandkids are going to grow up in. Telling them God is just a crutch. God is not real. God is just something. It starts out with just denying holiness. And then it goes into you denying God. That's how it works. You deny holiness, you will deny God. You take one step away from holiness, you'll take one step away from God. Why? Because He is holy. I'm glad He's holy. I'm glad He's holy because it's His righteousness and purity that allows me to be changed from a sinful, dirty sinner to someone who becomes holy. We're not holy on our own. We can't be holy because we desire to or because we adhere to a set of rules or regulations or something like that. We're holy because He lives in us. And that's what brings holiness to our life. If you have the Holy Ghost, you know why it's called the Holy Ghost? Because He is holy. And I believe that we need to hang on to that because the world we're living in, a lot of people don't know how to pray. They don't know how to get close to Jesus. They don't know what to do. They're at a loss. And sometimes being at a loss is a dangerous place because if you're at a loss of what to do, you won't do anything. Many people sometimes say, I'm just at a loss to deal with this problem. I don't know how to deal with it anymore. And you know what? They don't deal with it at all. Sometimes it's people that say, I don't know what to do with my family. I've tried everything. And, and so you don't do anything. Because when you come to a loss, it is a place of, of uh, not knowing how to move forward. Not knowing how to move forward. A lot of people, when they lose a loved one, they don't know how to move forward. They say, I can't go back to church because it reminds me of the days I spent with them. That ought to be your joy. 
to say I was in church with them. I, I have all sorts of people that I've went to church with over uh, since 1981. I've been serving the Lord. And there's been a lot of people that have passed on. And you know what? It's, not, it's sad when you think about it, but it's a joy to remember where they sit in the congregation. I still see faces in the congregation of people that have passed on where they used to sit and, and how they used to praise the Lord. I used to think uh, many times about Sister Lillian Lester, and she would sit about midways, and, and there was hardly never a time that I would say something that she didn't raise her hand and just praise the Lord. And, and her handshake was firm, and, and some, as she got older, her handshake got a little more feeble, but you know what? I, I think back on those days. I think of my wife's aunt, Aunt Winnie, uh, who sat on the main back in the center. And, and she would sit back there and, and she just loved coming to church. You could see the joy, Sister Nicole, on, on her face. Uh, uh, and she just loved coming to church. And, and I, I remember uh, Sister Leah, uh, better known as Tito to all of us, uh, sitting and and just enjoying church and, and and loving the Lord and and I can see where she sit and and I, I think about those things and I, it brings joy to my heart because some people were willing to run the race and finish the course and receive their crown. Why am I saying this? Because I want us to be like the three Hebrew boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I want to be like them because they were taken away from their familiar surroundings. They were not in the church. They were not in the surroundings of the church. They didn't have a pastor telling them how to live and, and encouraging them. They didn't have a choir singing to give them something to shout about. They didn't have any music music other than what they could uh, muster up because of the simple fact that the music that uh, you know the Babylonians had and the and the music that the the captors had and, and Nebuchadnezzar had was not their music I'm here to say there's a lot of music in the world, but it ain't our music. There's a lot of music in the world, a lot of singing in the world, but it ain't our singing. I can pick out somebody who is apostolic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost filled. If I just listen to their voice, I can hear that anointing as it begins to flow forth. You say, I don't know if you can hear anointing. I'm going to tell you, you can hear anointing. You can come to the house of the Lord and you know if there's an anointed message or if it's just reading off a piece of paper. You know whether it's anointed song or if it's just something somebody's singing to get through another service. But I'm here to tell you if we're going to be like Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, we're going to have to say I may not be surrounded by the things that are familiar with me but I am surrounded by the God who will take care of me. Somebody give a praise. You are surrounded by the God that will take care of you. It's almost impossible for us to imagine the trauma of people being taken captive. Now, I can talk about what happened in Israel. Hamas came into Israel and took people captive. Now, that sounds palatable it sounds 
easy to swallow because they just took them captive. But when you start listening to detail, the detail is babies were beheaded and some burned in an oven. Where did we hear about other people burned in an oven? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, as well as the children of God, the Jews, were placed in ovens by Hitler. You see, the devil has no new tricks. He just uses new people. And I'd like to say that, that God is the same and he's looking for somebody to do something new with and that means you're going to do something new, not God because God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I'd like to say this, that sometimes when we think about uh, captives, we don't really think about the horror or the, the, um, the, the disgust and the immorality that takes place. Not only were babies beheaded, babies burned in an oven. Not only were men killed in front of their wives, but before they killed the men, they raped their wives, had sexual intercourse with their wives in front of their husbands before they killed them and then killed them. This, this is something almost unfathomable in our minds. I, I don't know um, how to even describe it other than a horror show. It's something that most of us can't comprehend. Uh, you can talk about somebody, uh, you know, being in a car wreck and said, oh, they totaled their car out. Well, that's pretty easy to swallow until you see the car and you see the person. And then you start realizing the horror of what happened. I'd like to say that it was no different with these three Hebrew boys. Their families was probably killed, some of them. Some of them taken captive. Uh, war is never a pretty thing. I don't care if the U.S. engages in it or if someone else engages in it. It's never pretty to watch. It is a devastation. It is something that nobody should have to go through. But I think that the Bible teaches us that we're all in a war. And we all got to fight. And this is not a warfare of the natural, but it's the warfare of the spiritual. And it doesn't get pretty. Because sometimes you've got to come to an altar and pour yourself out and sweat it out and, and cry it out and plead it out with the Lord. And sometimes you've got to realize you'll never win the battle sitting on a pew doing nothing. So we find that these three Hebrew boys, I wanted to talk about the horror of the captivity because we read in the Bible, how many times have you read in the Bible? I hope you read your Bible through and we're getting ready to start in January again. Guess what? We start again, read our Bible through. But you know what? You can read story after story after story of people who actually were taken captive or killed. They go in and they leave nobody alive. Not women, not children, not men. They, they wipe them all out. That's hard for me to understand. And sometimes it's even hard for me to understand when God says that. But you know what Israel said? And this is why God can do this. Uh, God is God. And He does as He pleases. And uh, we got to do what He says even though we may not understand why he says it and why he wants us to do it. But we find that, uh, you know, Netanyahu is receiving all sorts of, of pushback. 
not only from people in his own country, but people on a global stage, even our country, saying that they need to stop the war, take a break, have a ceasefire. And you know what he has said? He has said the same thing God told his people many times. You don't stop until every enemy is dead. We're not stopping until Hamas is wiped out. People look at that and they say, oh, he can't do that. Yes, he can. That's, that's the way God operates with the enemies. If you remember, there was a group called the Amalekites. And they were instructed, don't let one of them live. Not one. You wipe them out. That means women, children, men, it doesn't matter. You wipe them all out. Now that was a directive from God, the God we serve. And so did they do it? No. Because here comes a man running to David, going to brag about how he killed Saul. And how he, he took Saul out. And, and David says, who are you? Who are you? And he says, I'm an Amalekite. They shouldn't have been no Amalekites. Amalekites are like the devil. If you don't wipe out the influence or what the devil wants to do, he's going to come back and bite you. And not only is he going to bite you, he's going to destroy you. That's why you have to pray every day, die every day. Look at the Lord every day and say, Lord, help me get through this day serving you. Three Hebrew boys, it's almost impossible for us to imagine the trauma that Daniel and his three friends experienced. They were taken as young people from their homes. It's hard. I would hate to think, and, and you know, we got some great young people here. And I'd hate to think that we would show up one Sunday and, and all the young people would be gone and say, where are they gone? And they say, well, uh, they were somebody sold them in, in child trafficking. Somebody kidnapped them and sold them in child trafficking. And if you think it ain't in Pike County, you're mistaken. And so we begin to look and, and, and where's the young people? Where's the young people? Because the devil knows if he can get the young people, there'll be no old people serving Jesus. That's why Sunday school is so important. That's why Sunday school should be top of our list. That's why youth service is so important. You know, we, we've got things that we've got to do if we're going to make sure the devil doesn't get our young people. And, and you know, I know that we're living in a world that has more people putting us down for how we live than bragging on us of how we live. But I will tell you this, we raised many young people in this church. I'm not talking five, I'm not talking ten. We have raised many in this church that have grown up and some are still serving the Lord, some are not. But the bottom line is we had young people that were brought up in this atmosphere and this type of belief and all of a sudden we see that they have something instilled in them that the devil can't take away. Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, and still every time I teach these lessons with Daniel, I never understand why Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah is called by their Babylonian names and Daniel is not. Have you ever thought about that? Why is Daniel Daniel, but 
Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I always think about it. That's why I want to call people by their name. Because their names were connected to God. The Babylonian names was connected to false gods. The world, if you will. That's why Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah didn't dress like the world. Eat what the world eat. They didn't go to the place. They looked and said, we will not bow. They're teenagers. They must have had some powerful teaching. Because you can teach people today and, and they get up 15 and 16 and they quit coming to Sunday school, quit coming to church, and they say, they ain't nothing to that. That's just y'all's man-made rules and regulations. And the sad part is you got church folks saying that. Why wouldn't the young people say it if, if us who are filled with the Holy Ghost say, oh, that's just man-made rules. Ain't no use for me to do that. I'm going to tell you, doing this keeps us from being destroyed. It keeps holiness. Holiness will keep you from being destroyed. That's it. Bottom line. If you want to know everything and you want to say, well, you got to do this to live holy and that to live holy and don't go here and do this and go here and do that, I'm just going to tell you the bottom line. Holiness will keep you from being destroyed. Holiness will keep you saved. And all the church say amen. We got to understand that it must have been a horrific thing, a trauma uh, to experience. These young teens taken from their homes, transplanted into foreign culture, cut off from all contact. You can't call mama. You can't call daddy. You can't call none of your friends. And then forcibly indoctrinated into the Babylonian way of life. Think about this. this. This right here is our modern day. Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah was taken into a foreign land and indoctrinated by the Babylonian culture, the Babylonian religion. And we got to understand that some decided, you may try it, but I ain't doing it. I ain't buying in to what you're trying to sell me. We ought to be strong enough in the spirit to look at the world on the job, out in the community, at school, wherever we are, and say, I am not going to buy in to what you're doing. I know the destructiveness of sin. The wages of sin is death. So I am going to live holy for the Lord. Somehow, you know, leaving the... Uh, comforts of home, families, indoctrinated, trying to be indoctrinated with the Babylonian way of life, even to the point of losing their given names. Wouldn't it be something if somebody looked at you and said, your name is no longer going to be Richard. Richard means powerful ruler. No longer Richard. We're going to call you something else. Why do you think these pronouns are being pushed in our life. Why do you think that? Because that, I don't know about you, 
I haven't done complete research, but I've done enough to know that some of these names that are being given to kids and some of these pronouns, I'm pretty sure comes from Egypt and Babylonian and the world. I don't, I don't want to be called something that's related to the world. I don't want to have my name changed. But what if you was a teen and somebody took you and they started calling you something else? Hannah and I, you ain't Hannah and I no more. You're going to be, you're going to be Shadrach. Well, I ain't never been called Shadrach. Probably the first few times, guard comes up and says, Shadrach! And Hannah and I just stands there looking around. Not my name. That's why when the world says you don't have to live by Jesus' name, you can live by titles or you can live by the world or you can live by the standards of some man standing behind a pulpit. I want you to know this. I know the name. I, I don't hear that. I don't hear the name of the Babylonian doctrine. I don't hear the name of the world that's compromising so that they can have a number in the house of God, so they can have a hundred-member choir, or they can have the largest Sunday school or youth service. I don't hear the name of the Babylonian doctrine. I hear the name of Jesus. Hananiah, Mishael, Nazarite. Daniel found ways to resist the temptation to give in. They didn't even want to eat the same food. They didn't want to eat the same food. I don't want to eat that. Why? Nothing wrong with that. Even Paul said, go ahead and eat it. Unless you know for a fact that it was you're sitting at an idol, you know, uh, worship service. And somebody offered it to an idol. But you know, they said, I'm not taking any chances for anything to enter into me that would cause me to walk away from the one true God. That's Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That should be the same with our Sunday school, our youth service, our youth. That's the way we should look at it and say, if I teach them about the world, they will become the world. If I teach them about the Lord, they will become Christ-like. I have got to have the idea and the understanding that these four young men found ways to resist the things that the Babylonians were trying to indoctrinate them with. We've got to teach our young people how to say no. I'm going to help us. I'm going to help us. Instead of putting them on every, everything the world offers, whether it's sports or whether it's uh, uh, all sorts of other things that takes their time away from church. Right? No, they got to be kids. They got to be kids. I want my boy to be a man. Well, teach him how to love God. Ah. Uh, I want, I want my, my daughter, I want her to be popular. No, she's going to be a whore. No, this pastor ain't stupid. That's what the world wants to do to your children. They want to indoctrinate them to where drugs is the norm. Everybody's doing it. 
let's do it too. They want to do it where that premarital sex is accepted. I know this ain't a popular thing on a Sunday morning, but if you're going to live for God, you're going to have to hear some of these things. But I believe that somehow these four young men found a way to resist the allurement or the enticement of the Babylonians. You know that, and this is a proven fact. Everybody say a proven fact. Not by the apostolic church, but by the medical community. That you only have three to five years to influence your child. That's all you got. You say, nope, I'm going to keep them home at 16, 17. Nope, they're going to find different outlets. You got three to five years to teach them how to have respect, how to obey, and what to do. You form that in the first three to five years. That's the medical community, not apostolic churches, even though we tell people, you got to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, even when they're a baby. Quit singing to them, Humpty Dumpty, sit on a wall. Start saying, Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Quit trying to indoctrinate them with country and, 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 and rock and roll and all the things of the world and start telling them, listen to this song that talks about God is here and God is love. And that's enough. I know that we're living in a time where it is getting more difficult. And what I'm preaching right now is going to be more strange in the ears of young people. Because we are so indoctrinated with the world. That when somebody starts saying come out from among the world and be separate. It's like a cult. What do they think they are and who they think they are. Telling me I can't do this. No, I'll tell you what a cult is. I was watching a special. All these Hollywood actors got into this religion. I won't mention the name of it. But it's got something to do with science. They got into all this. And there was one leader that was... They had a women's group. No, everybody's got a women's group. They had a women's group. And, And they began to indoctrinate them. And, and teach them things that even some had questions about. They even questioned it. They said, that don't sound right. Something ain't right here. But they went along because it's the thing to do in Hollywood. Why do you think our young people go along with the world? Because it's popular. It's the thing to do. That's why you can lead people down a street of destruction if they think it's popular. So this religion had these people coming in, and then they decided they're going to brand them like you would a horse. They took a cauterizing knife that a surgeon uses, and if you don't know what cauterizing is, it burns, and they burned the symbols into the flesh of the person. When the person left, they pulled their, their pants or whatever they was wearing down, their clothing down, and showed it. And said, right here's what all of us got. We're branded 
What do you think the devil's going to do in the last days? Mark. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with tattoos. Let's go get a tattoo. No, a tattoo is a prelude to accepting any mark. And, it, and by the way, the Bible does teach against tattoos. That's not just a Brother Richard thing. The Bible says don't mark your body. Right? So I, if you got them when you're in sin, that's one thing. You're forgiven. Rejoice and be happy that you're forgiven. But don't sit and show them off. I'm just saying that I don't have to see your tattoo because sometimes you can put a Band-Aid over it. Sometimes you may have to have a, a gauze, <laughs> look like a mummy. But I will tell you this, you can wear long sleeve shirts. I don't know why people still are proud about that. It doesn't make you a man, doesn't make you a woman. You're marked of the world. Those are the scars of the world. And, and our young people don't need to see it. They don't need to be influenced by it. They don't need to look at it and say, man, that's cool. I'm going to get me one when I get old enough. You need to, I, I, you know these little, we all bought them. We might as well admit to it. Growing up, you had them little things you put water in, and, and you would get them out of a machine, you put water in, you peel it off, and you got an instant tattoo. Cracker Jacks. Thing is, though, once you washed your hands, it's gone. Well, you can't make some things be gone. But these people were branded. Can you, in, in 2023, in 2020, in 2017, right on back through, can you believe that? What if I looked at you and I said, okay, we got to brand you with a big A. So everybody line up. We got the billows and you come up. That's a cult. What we believe is Christian. What we live is Christ-like. It's not a cult. They had to be told, yes, you are are going to take on our beliefs, the Babylonian beliefs. We're going to indoctrinate you. We now have, uh, you know, uh, an image. We're going to pressure, pressure you to conform. Expectations become more challenging to navigate and the threats of failing to comply become more drastic. The devil doesn't give up until you give up. So I'm not giving up. Nebuchadnezzar's golden image represented a new level of Babylonian demand. It is unclear what the image represented, but there was this great image set up. And we find that to bow to the image then was, was something that was going to be considered worshiping Nebuchadnezzar as a god. And these teenagers knew there was only one god. I can't bow down to that image. But you're going to go in the fiery furnace if you don't. I don't care. I'm not bowing down to your image. How many of our young people today have enough God? How many of our adults have enough God in them? 
that the next time the government says, oh, you got to quit having church, but we'll let you go to the bars to keep coming to church. Right? How many, how many of us have enough God in our life that we're going to say, I'm not going to bow to what the world's bound to. They're bound to an ideology of, of all sorts of an acceptance uh, that they accept uh, all sorts of things. Hamas is normal to some people. You know we're having... Uh, I, I keep falling back. You know, we live in a small town, thank God. I don't want New York. I don't want California. I don't want, you know, any of these large cities, Chicago. I don't want any of that. I'm glad I live in a small town, but small town ain't always protected. It's coming. I would like to say this. They're blocking the streets and won't let traffic through in support of Hamas. Now, I got a question for us. How long do you think it would last if you went down here to the intersection and we all lined up and blocked the traffic? How, how long would we stay there? About as long as it took the state police to show up. And have you ever seen anybody that went against a state policeman in their mugshot? I tell people all the time, that guy got arrested in Kentucky. Because they're black and blue and beat half to death. Now, are you saying they should do that? If, if, if somebody's going to come at me with a knife or a gun or, or hit at me, you think I'm going to stand there? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> state policemen ain't going to let you throw bottles of water on. Kentucky state police are not going to let you throw bottles of water on them. You get by with it in New York, you come to Kentucky, you're going to find a different world. But here's the thing, it's not going to stay that way. Because the world's becoming so liberal. Everything's acceptable. Everything. When you say liberal, people get offish. You know what? You should never get offish about being uh, somebody talking about liberalism. Because liberalism means you don't adhere to anything godly, right, biblical. Right? That's what liberal means. If I'm liberal in my giving, I give a lot. I might give it to the wrong cause, but I give a lot. But you got to understand that, that conservative is something that is not a bad word. It's something that helps us to be what God wants us to be. Because when you start looking at the Bible, it is a conservative book. You can be liberal all day. I don't care. I got the mic in the pulpit, and I'm going to tell you, liberal's going to take you down a road of no return. It's going to take you in places you don't want to go. This image was made, and that's not political, that's a biblical statement. The image was made, and they were to bow down, and you know what? The first two of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 3 and verse number 4, we know we can't bow to anything but God. We know if something is causing us to walk away from God, it is not of God. If something's taking more time 
more of your time. You can't, I ain't got time to read my Bible. I ain't got time to study. I ain't got time to go to church. How many times have you witnessed somebody and they say, I just don't have time to go to church? That's a sad answer. You got time to go to Walmart. Cut your Walmart trip in half. <laughs> now we meddling, ain't we? You'll go to work. I got to work, Pastor. Oh, so you don't have to do anything to go to heaven, right? You better get your priorities straight. Three Hebrew boys and Daniel had their priorities straight. They believed that there was no way they was going to bow. Look at what verse number 3 says. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Notice that's gods with a little g. Verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. That's why you're not going to see a cross around my neck. That's why I don't have any statues of Jesus in my house. But it's Jesus. No, it's a graven image. That's why I don't believe that we... Uh, I walked into a house of a certain religion one time and in every little shelf there was a statue. And I thought, what's them for? And they said, oh, we bow down and pray. I thought, hmm. Had Mary. <laughs> Had Jesus. Had, had, I don't know what else was in that shelf. And I'm thinking, no, you need to know the Bible. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. In other words, don't do it. But this looks like Jesus. I, I opened up my bag of potato chips and there's a potato chip. Look like Jesus. You're crazy. That looked like a potato chip had some burnt places on it. But it looked like Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? Well, I saw a picture just the other day. I saw a painting when I went into another church. That's man's idea of what Jesus looks like. I guarantee he don't look nothing like that. I guarantee it. Let me take a drink of water. This water, this looks good. Jesus. We got to worship one, right? We worship one. These three Hebrew boys and Daniel refused to bow. Two important things are necessary to look and uh, to understand that the Hebrews' decision not to bow would have escaped the king's notice if not for the Chaldean tattlebearers. There's always going to be somebody say they're not doing what you said. Because how many knows that sometimes kings were really in favor of God's people, but because the people pressured the politician, they had the Christians fed to the lion. You see, that's the way it works. People ain't in politics because, you know, they got their own mind, their own set. They're going to do their own thing. They're, they're pushed by the people, right? 
That's right. Some pastors are pushed by the people. I've seen pastors that, that couldn't make a decision on their own. I got to check with all the congregation. We got to have a meeting about that. Peer pressure. Let me tell you something. It's one thing if a pastor wants to do something to bring glory to God. It's another thing if he's out buying him a car and a boat and a home vacation home in Florida. Three Hebrew boys did not bow. Aren't you glad they did not bow? Amen. So I'd, I'd like to say this. It's important for us to understand that the Hebrew boys were ready to face whatever would come their way. Whatever their fate would be, they were willing to face it because they were not going to compromise on what they knew. These teenagers knew the Bible. They, let me back up. They knew the law. Now the Bible, some scholars say it's 633. They kind of condensed it. But there's a lot of laws in the Bible. And they knew them all. They knew what to eat, what not to eat. They knew what to plant, what they couldn't plant together. They knew what to wear, what they couldn't wear. They knew everything of how they could bow and what they couldn't bow to. So what did they do? They refused to bow. Everybody say they refused to bow. I will worship God alone. I will not worship the theories of this world. I will not worship the ideologies of politics. I will not worship what man has made a religion of, but I will worship God alone. How many is here because you know you're going to worship the one true God? We see Nebuchadnezzar slowly becoming unhinged. I want to tell you about rulers that, that want to tear down morals. And, and write things erase our history so we don't know our history you know that's what they wanted to do to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azra. they wanted to take away their history we don't want you to know nothing about where you come from we don't want, to, we don't want you to know your past so we're going to change your name because we don't want you to be reminded of the God that you love and serve and worship so much so they changed their name because their names in the Hebrew, Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah, it always refers to something about God. I began to look at this and I began to think of how easy it would have been for them to have their past erased, their name changed, to fall into, well, since we're, we see nothing but this in front of us, we might as well do this. Who's going to know? God's going to know. That's why you don't hide things from me. My goodness, people say, I want the pastor to know I did this. Well, my God, you better be worried about God. You don't worry about the pastor. I'm just a man. I ain't going to force you to do nothing. I ain't going to handcuff you. I ain't going to throw you in apostolic jail. <laughs> you better be worried about what God thinks about it, what God's doing. So we look and sometimes we, we say, well, there's all sorts of music. Notice, notice this. It, it, is a, uh, it is a statue 
an image, if you will. And uh, all kinds of music. Oh, pastor, what do you listen to? I listen to gospel. Anything that gives Jesus glory. You mean you don't listen to, to, I don't know, the latest country people? You don't listen to them? Nope. You know why? They ain't got nothing to say I need. They ain't going to sing about the God I serve. You might say, that's fanatic. No, that's God. We got to understand that, oh, I listen to a little rock and roll. Take them old records off the shelf. Oh, I just love that song. I'm thinking about writing some words to Jesus with it. We got to get out of this. There's all kinds of music and all kinds of expressions. There's love songs, Pastor. Talks about love. Love. Well, let's sing about love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Oh, yeah, I'm going back to my Baptist roots. The writer of Daniel did not want his audience to just refuse to bow to Nebuchadnezzar's image. He wanted the audience to laugh at it and say, why in the world and why would I bow down to that when I'm serving the living God? Why would I go out in the world when the Bible says the blessings are out of the boundaries of the world? You see, we don't want to be blessed like... They used to be shouters in the house of God, right? They used, now there's powders. Yeah, we become powders. Uh, life ain't good. Work ain't good. Nothing's good. When we come to church, we ain't happy. Well, some of y'all getting nervous now. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> well, there's a few of you happy. You see, we got to understand. We got to understand. There's lots of things to bow to, and we'll wear ourselves out bowing to it. Because everything the world has is only to take up your time away from God. If you know anything about Scripture, and I want to, I want to kind of help us with this. If you know anything about Scripture, none of them. None of them that gave their life to Jesus lived a life of luxury. They sacrificed to do things for the kingdom. Everyone. But we've got in a frame of mind, we're Americans. Oh, we're going to America. We're Americans. And, uh, you know, we, we got this idea that us Americans... We, we, can, we can get involved in everything the country offers as long as we say in Jesus' name. <laughs> Have you ever seen such a time that people are literally, literally doing that? They're saying, you know, I can go here and then I'll show up on Sunday and I'll sing and I'll do this and I'll do that in Jesus' name. Well, what you're saying is you can live like the world and come on Sunday in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something. There's more to serving Jesus than spending 
all of our time trying to befriend and live like the world. I will worship God alone. The writer of Daniel did not want the audience to just refuse to bow. He wanted us to laugh at it and mock at it. Why would I bow to such an image? This image was as tall as it was wide. <laughs> You'll read your Bible. It sometimes will make you laugh. Why should we, like the Hebrews, worship God alone? Simple. Because he's the only one true one that is worthy to worship. Who else measures up to our God? Who else is like unto our God? Who blesses you better than our God? Who begins to lift you up when you're down like our God? There's no other God. There's no other God. There's no other God. We've got to learn to declare it. Oh, my friends will make fun of me. Let them make fun. Be a Hebrew. Be, somebody once told me this, said Hebrews produce Hebrews. And I'm going to say this. Christians produce Christians. And if you're raising heathens, you better be looking at how you're raising them. Because you better be telling them about Jesus. Three Hebrew boys took a stand. Here's my question. Will you take a stand when stand time coming? Will you take a stand when it comes time to stand? Will you say no? Uh, they're going to throw you in jail. No. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm going to give us a little history, recent history. There was a, a pastor down in Louisiana, and, and the government told him, don't you go to church. He lived, he lived like in a house, like just that house from he walked to church that's how close the house was to the church so he walks out of his house and he goes to church you know what they do they call him back to his house and they arrest him yes this is modern day this ain't this ain't some uh you know oh this was back in the in the uh, 1800s no this no this was in the 20 21st century modern day Kim Davis was an example I took our young people to because I wanted them to see what it really meant to take a stand. It cost you stuff. They arrested her. She's still not out of trouble. They're still trying to sue her. They're still trying to make her pay because she wouldn't give a license to a bunch of homosexuals. We better take a stand. Or we're going to be in trouble. We find that this pastor took a stand and they come to his living room and the officer was so nice because he, want, he didn't want to do it. But he had to. Because his up, higher ups told him to. So he walks in he says, I've got to uh, arrest you. You know why you're being arrested, right? i got to put this ankle monitor on you. You know why you're getting this ankle monitor, right? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Signs the order, hands it back to the police officer. Thanks the police officer. Thank you for doing your job. Right? 
You ought, to, you ought to go back and watch it again and again and again and again. Instead of watching all the things you watch on YouTube and other stuff, you ought to go back and watch some stuff that really means something. Because it came time that his ankle monitor's on. He's, he's been told not to go to church. You know what he does again? Goes to church. I'm going to tell you something. The government does not have a right to tell you not to go to church. They don't have the right. I think what we went through with COVID was a test. How far can we push good people? How can we control good people? I'm telling you. This is all leading up to a bigger picture. It's leading up to the end time picture. And if we're not careful, we'll think all this is just cool. Oh man, these guys made church shut down. But I got to go to the bars and drink my whiskey. They drove people to drinking. They did. They drove people to drinking. Wouldn't it have been nice if somebody said, go to church. That's the only hope you have. COVID's going to kill some of you, but the hope is in the church. COVID is a sickness, but there's hope in the church. Right now, type A, type B flu. Some people's getting one or the other or both. But your hope's in the church. We find that COVID's on the rise again. But you know what? Your hope is in the church. You'll never get help out there. Your help is in the Lord. Your help is in the Lord. Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah coming to a close. Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah. They refused to bow. They wasn't going to dance to their music. They wasn't going to bow to the image. And they got thrown into the fiery furnace. Now the whole story you already know that the, the fire was heated seven times hotter than it needed to be. And it was so hot when they opened up the door to throw the Hebrews in that it killed the people and burned up the people that threw them in. Never harmed the three Hebrew boys. The only thing that the fire did was burn off the ropes that had them bound and they were free to worship in the midst of the fiery furnace. They were free to worship in the midst of all they'd been through. I got news for you today. You may be going through some things that you don't understand. You may be going through some things that has your mind troubled but you just throw up both hands and begin to worship because I know that the help is in the house. Help is in the house. Help is in the house. You don't have to bow. You don't have to say this is it. You don't have to say I might as well get used to the way things are. You just throw up your hands. Come on, let's throw up our hands and say I'm going to worship him anyway. I'm going to love him anyway. I'm going to serve him anyway. Hallelujah. Oh, I love the Lord, don't you? I believe you do or you wouldn't even be here today. You didn't come for me to brag on you because I don't brag on anybody. <laughs> I told somebody that a while back. They said, man, you don't never brag on anybody. I said, well, I said, if I brag on somebody, then they're going to think they got some favoritism coming. 
That's right. I'm your pastor. Not your pal. I'm your pastor. I love you. I'll talk to you. I'll counsel with you. I'll even go eat dinner with you. I love dinner. I love dirt. Remember that if you invite me to dinner. We're going to turn it back over now. Brother Dwayne's going to come. Let's give the Lord and Brother Dwayne a hand. <laughs> Wonderful message this morning. A good lesson. Amen. It's all about, wrap it up in a nutshell, it's all about him. No other name can save you. thought about that song that pastor was teaching. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. They searched the whole earth over, couldn't find nobody worthy to do what he done. There is nobody that can move in your situation. The government can't do it, and the government don't want to do it. Amen. Your friends and your family can't do it. Amen. Even though they may want to do it. But Jesus can do it. Amen. That's what I got out of that. Jesus can. Amen. How many birthdays and anniversaries do we have? People getting older. Been married a little longer. It's a good thing, ain't it? Amen. Birthdays and anniversaries. Brother Whitney, he'll be about off over somewhere in there. Amen. How, how many? How many enjoy sowing seed for the Lord? Amen. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Heard a heard a story once about a about a company. A man started a company, and he said, "God." He told the Lord, he said, "Bless this company." He said, and "I won't give you ten percent." He said, "But I'll give you ninety, and I'll keep the ten. And God blessed his company. God will bless you. He'll bless you going in and coming out. Amen. Amen. I believe that. Amen. Don't give out of habit. Amen. I give because I know God has blessed me to be able to do so. Give those that gave a hand clap. Thankful for each and every one. As they come go to the word, Acts 4, they're still coming to give money, thank you, God bless you, amen, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the word of God says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, y'all say that, no other name, no say other that with name. me. None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. This world is searching. I've seen it in people's eyes. You talk to people and you invite them to church and they, they may or they may not come, but they're searching. You can see it in their eyes. And you can see it in their lives. They're looking for something. And all they need is you and I to point them in the right direction. For there is none other name, amen, whereby... We must be saved. Hallelujah. Thought about this verse as he was talking about the three Hebrew boys. Amen. They were called by another name. Amen. My parents named me a name, Brother Keith. Amen. And most people know me by that name. All right. But I want the world to know the name of Jesus. All right. when, they, when they hear about Brother Dwayne, they said he was a Jesus man. I'm a Jesus right. man. Because I know, amen, that he's the one going to save me. Thank the name McCoy ain't going to do a thing for me. The name Brother McKinney ain't going to do a thing for me. But I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is everything. Amen. You all come to worship him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is none.
none other name that deserves being lifted up. Y'all come to the front and worship with us, will you? You have 
He's never failed you. If he's never failed you, give him a hand clap right now. Hallelujah. He has never, never failed us. We uh, mentioned our prayer requests this morning. We want to mention those last few once again, that we can keep them fresh on our minds and that we will always know that they need prayer. Uh, let's remember uh, Larry Sensel. He had knee uh, surgery, replacement surgery, and he's having quite a bit of pain with it, so we need to remember him in prayer. Also, Sister Racine is not doing well. Let's remember her in prayer. Also, Chloe Casey, Jody Dotson, Darlene Wagner, Demi Wolford, Aileen uh, Barry, Terry and Tina Griffey, and Chris and Kaylee Justice. Let's remember all of these in prayer. If you have a prayer request you'd like to make known by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what you need. Aren't you glad He knows our needs before we even ask? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for each and every one that raised their hand in faith, believing, Lord, that you're going to do something great for them. Lord, they're here this morning. I pray that you would bring encouragement and strength and healing to their bodies. I pray, Lord, that you would show your power and show your ability to help them in their time of trouble. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for all of those on our list and all of those that have flu and COVID and other things that's going on in their life. I just pray, Lord, that you would just open up the windows of heaven and begin to pour out blessings. There won't be room enough to receive as we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen.
Your name is power, your name is healing, your name 
have to wait. We need to give the Lord praise after every song like we always do. We don't have to wait for the first person. We ain't, we ain't a skillet of popcorn. You ever see popcorn you put in a skillet and you wait for that first kernel to pop? That's not, that's not Pentecostal. Pentecostal don't wait for the first kernel to pop. We just praise Him anyhow. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we want to take up today's offering. We're going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to take up today's offering. Give as you can. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. We don't do it out of necessity or thinking that somebody's going to think ill of us if we don't. We give because we know it's a commandment. And uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But let's pray. Lord, we thank you for those that are going to give in the offering today. We're thankful, Lord, that they had a mind to do something for you. I pray, Lord, that you would take the offering, you would multiply it and use it, and we would be able to get great things done in your name. And, Lord, I want to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare your
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Oh, it's all about you, Jesus. Oh, we want to make everyone feel welcome today. Thank you if you're a guest here today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Let's give our guests a great hand. I love to see kids in Sunday school, and I love to see new faces and old faces and faces in other places. And <laughs> I love the Lord. And uh, there's nothing greater than uh, knowing that uh, people are seeking for answers in all the right places. Amen. There was, a, there was an old country song years ago that said, looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, we ought to, we ought to look for love in all the right places. And uh, the right places is in the presence of the Lord. That's why I want to pray and have the presence of the Lord move in this house. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's begin to ask the Lord to move here today. Lord, right now, just let your spirit begin to move from front to back, side to side. Lord, we have needs in this house. We need you to move. We have uh, things that need to be worked out in families, Lord, work it out. Things that need to be taken away, take it away. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you and I give you honor. Lord, I pray this congregation is not getting tired of worshiping you. I pray, Lord, that they're not got the their minds on other things. We need a move of your presence, Lord. We need you to move. Somebody might need the Holy Ghost today. Somebody might need to give their life to Jesus today. Lord, I love you. I pray that you'll move among us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I am glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I know that the Lord's got something for us. This last Sunday service, worship service, we're having tonight from 9 to after midnight, of course. But this is the last Sunday school and Sunday worship service of 2023. And you chose to spend it in the presence of the Lord. So I am glad that you have chosen that. I'm glad that you have done that. Amen. And we want to give you a few words before you go. And in fact, that's what I'm naming this message today. A few words before you go. And, uh, you know, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31. That's where we want to pick up. Verse number 6 again. We appreciate all of our guests in the house, all of our guests who are watching by way of webcast. Thank you for being a part of this service today, and we hope that everybody can come back tonight at 9 o'clock. There'll be no uh, choir practice, praise team practice, music practice, not, none, of, none of that, uh, but we're going to come, and tonight we're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to praise the Lord, we're going to give testimonies of how we overcome. And, and I don't want anybody to stand up here and say, well, you know what, the devil's been on my back all year long. 
No, no, I don't want to talk about the devil. I want to talk about Jesus. Amen. So uh, we're going to overcome by our testimonies tonight. And we're just going to have a good time praising the Lord. And then when midnight strikes, most people in New York City are going to be so crowded they can't do anything. They're going to be in mass, uh, uh, you know, and not able to do anything other than just cheer because a ball dropped. Well, I want to cheer because Jesus is still on the throne. I want to cheer because my God is still alive. Oh, I want to cheer because his people are still overcoming. If you're an overcomer, give a praise unto the Lord. Just a few words before you go. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse number 1. And uh, well, I guess we will drop down to verse number 6 and then read down to 13. So uh, let's go to Deuteronomy 31. And verse number 6. Notice what it says. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen. I want to stress that because Moses called and began to just say, I want you to hear what the Lord has said to instruct you. Because it's getting ready to be a change. How many knows that a change from 2023 to 24 is a change? There's getting ready to be a change. But Moses wanted them to know, yeah, it's a change, but it's the same God, just a new year. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor not be uh, not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth great with thee or go with thee he will not everybody say he won't he won't fail me he won't fail me he will not devil says yeah he will you say he will not devil's going to come in 2024 and tell you a lot of stuff and you say wait a minute I ain't listening to you devil you're a liar you're a thief you're a killer you're a stealer you're all these things I'm going to listen to Jesus so I've got a few words before you go today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I come before your presence. Thank you for this opportunity that you blessed me to speak to your great people. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us today. That, Lord, we would receive your word and that we would leave this place knowing we've heard from heaven. I pray, Lord, that we will be encouraged, that we will be strengthened, that we will all say that 2024 may have some challenges, but we know where our strength comes from. We know where our help comes from. Lord, I pray that you would help us today that we would yield ourselves to you and that you would do great things and Lord we're going to give you the praise the honor and the glory in Jesus mighty name amen amen and you may be seated if you back up to verse number one of these six verses Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel it is a time that Moses is encouraging them because they're getting ready to enter in to the promised land. The things they had been through in the past now does not matter. The things that they had been through in the wilderness is just a memory. The things that they had been through because of the opposition of those that were against them is now going to be not in front of them 
but behind them. Because they are instructed to be of good cheer. That means be happy. Look at somebody and say, don't worry. Oh, that was so faint. Don't worry. Be happy. Get the frown off your face and the smile in its place. Somebody ought to shout right now. I'm glad I know Jesus. I'm happy about Jesus. Jesus is the joy that I have. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm happy in the presence of the Lord. I'm happy I came to the house of the Lord. Somebody give a happy face right now and some praise unto our God. Oh, I know. I'm sorry you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. <laughs> and he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. It was his birthday. Okay, we'll go back to verse number six. Verse number six, be strong. Be courageous. Be of good cheer. Fear not. Don't be afraid. One, one, one translation says, be, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and do not panic. I want to I wanna speak against panic attacks in 2024. I'm not speaking against people. I'm speaking against panic attacks in 2024. Why should we panic? God's in control. He's done told us we're going to live and then we're going to die. And he says if you live, live unto the Lord. If you die, die unto the Lord. So whether you live or whether you die, you are the Lord's. Now, that's not a happy thing to talk about, but we're getting ready to cross over into 2024. we got to remember what we know in the Word because there's going to be greater challenges. People are going to try to discourage you even more. You're going to get so bad off that you're going to think, I just might as well stay home and not do nothing because nothing's happening in my favor. But we got to remember the words that were given before we go. we got to remember the words that are given to encourage us. we got to remember the words that's going to help us be more than conquerors in Christ. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Nor be afraid. One translation says this, For the Lord your God will personally, personally go ahead of you. That's how much he loves you. Oh, I'm going home after a while, Pastor, and I'm going back to the same old, same old. You don't have to. He's personally going before you. Just a few words before you go. you got to know that Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. When the storm clouds gather, Jesus is with you. Well, I'm going to close, so we'll ask our singers and musicians to come. And I want us to uh, stand, and I want us to uh, understand that these words are words of encouragement to help us. Uh, because after all, if we're not uh, uh, careful, 
We will be afraid of everything that happens in 2024. We will be discouraged by everything we see. We won't be strong, but we'll be weak. And we won't be somebody who's helping people find Jesus. We'll be a stumbling block that keeps them from finding Jesus. But the Lord will personally go ahead of you. And he will not fail you. And he will not abandon you. I'm glad that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Everybody say that together. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. As the singers come. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I don't know what happens from Wednesday to Sunday. I don't know what happens in your life from one season to the next. I really don't know what happens in your home. I really don't know what happens around you. But I do know this. Jesus is able to lead you through it all. Jesus will help you through it all. He will comfort you when you need comfort. I will look unto the hills, the Bible says, from whence cometh my help. My help doesn't come from the cedars and the pine trees and the, and the rocks and the mountains. But my, my help comes from the Lord. And I began to think that sometimes when we're going through a change, and this is a change, and, and we're going through a change of a season, we're, we're now starting to see snow fly instead of 80-degree weather. We're starting to see uh, 2024, 2023 is now almost a distant memory. It seems like everything we went through in 2023 was a tough way to go. It seems like that it was harder to get people to be faithful to the house of God. It was harder to get people to pray at an altar. It was harder to get people to want the Holy Ghost. It was harder to get people to want to really serve the Lord with all their soul, mind, and strength. But, but 2024 is a change. Somebody say a change is coming. Change is coming. We're going to have people filled with the Holy Ghost. A change is coming. I declare this. I declare this. in Every devil that does not believe it, I run you out in the name of Jesus. We're going to have revival in 2024. We're going to see people at it. It's already started. When guests show up, they're not here just to show up. They're here because they love Jesus and they want to see Jesus do great things in their life. And we as the church have got to help, help them get to that place where Jesus begins to bless them like he blesses you. Oh, I'm glad that I'm in the presence of the Lord this morning. Lord, there's people here that need the Holy Ghost. There's people here that need to come out of their complacency. Lord, there's people here that love you with all their heart. And they come this morning so that they might be uplifted even more. I pray, Lord, that this altar that you begin to draw and you just begin to help people find their way to be encouraged. Find their way to not be fearful. Find their way not to panic. To not be scared. Because, Lord, you're going before. You're personally going before us. Moses had these words, Lord, that you gave him. Because there was a change coming to the children of Israel. Help us to take the words of Moses. 
your word and move forward. Because we love you, Lord. As they sing, we love you, Lord. And we praise you, Jesus. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God still inside the storm the promise of the shore I trust the power of your word 